0: We need light. Physically, it is a need in so many different areas. It is physical light that causes the process of photosynthesis to begin. And photosynthesis brings about vegetation. And the fact that there's vegetation means that there's food. And so we need light for that whole process beginning to end we need that we need light for that physical light even if you say well i don't want to eat vegetation i don't want to eat vegetables now see this is a big debate right <laughs> this is just you open up a can of worms once you start talking about vegetables and all that and stuff right so you got your veggie camp over here and you got your you know you go to these places and and you know these restaurants You know, I think um, the different pizza places, they have your meat lovers pizza, right? And you go to a restaurant, I think we were out at one last night, and I got the steak lovers portion, right? (laughs) You know, the teriyaki steak and the prime... So, hey, you got your veggie crowd, you got your meat-eating crowd. So even if you're in the meat-eating crowd over here, you're still dependent upon the vegetation because the cow has to eat the grass so that you can have a burger, right? <laughs> That's how it works, okay? Which came first, the, the grass, the cow, or the burger, you know? It's definitely the grass, right? Of course, we know that from Genesis. So physical light, and, and, and not only that, not only do we need light for that whole process and, and, and just the, the, the chain of, of reaction there with, with, with our food, but we need light just, we need, to, we need to have light in our lives physically. Physical light contributes toward our happiness. Studies have shown that UV rays of sunlight cause a, re- a release of certain endorphins that make us happy. It is no wonder that the closer that you get to the Arctic Circle and north of it, depression and other problems spike, especially During winter when daylight is limited or even in some places for a little bit of the year completely non-existent But beyond all of our need for physical light And it is a vast need that we have in our lives We need a different kind of light More importantly, we need a spiritual light And that light is god without god Without His light, we are destined for destruction. We can't make it whatsoever. But with Him and in His light, we have an amazing future, not only for the here and now, but for the hereafter as well. Tonight, we're going to look at a piece of the wilderness tabernacle that tells us a little bit more about who Jesus is, we're going to specifically look at the golden lampstand. The golden lampstand, it is the third piece of the furniture of the wilderness tabernacle. And so we're going to look at it. And the golden lampstand is a picture for us of who Jesus is and what he wants us to be in him. Let me say that again. The golden lampstand is a picture of who Jesus is and what He wants us to be in Him. Amen? So let's look at this tonight, and we're going to be in Exodus chapter 25. We're going to pick it up in verse 31. Jesus is the shining light. Jesus is the shining light. Let's pick it up. Exodus 25, beginning at verse 31, it says this, "...you shall also make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be of hammered work." its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs and flowers shall be of one piece, and six branches shall come out of its sides. Three branches of the lampstand on one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. Three bowls shall be made like almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental knob and a flower, and three bowls made like almond blossoms on the other branch with an ornamental knob and flower. And so for the six branches that come out of the lampstand, on the lampstand itself, four bowls shall be made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental knob and flower. And there shall be a knob under the first two branches of the same, a knob under the second two branches of the same, and a knob under the third two branches of the same, according to the six branches that extend from the lampstand. Their knobs and their branches shall be of one piece. All of it shall be one hammered piece of pure gold. And you shall make seven lamps for it. And they shall arrange its lamps so that they give light in front of it. And its wick trimmers and their trays shall be of pure gold. And it shall be made of a talent Of pure gold with all these utensils, and see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So we look at the golden lampstand, and the golden lampstand speaks to us of Jesus. You look at all these pieces of furniture, you've got the Ark of the Covenant, the table of showbread. Now we're looking at this golden lampstand, and they all speak to us of Jesus. They they speak to us about a lot, but they speak to us of of the realm of where God is. They speak to us of heaven, and they speak to us of Jesus, the person, the work, the attributes, the character, and his love for you and me. The golden lampstand speaks of Jesus. Again, it's the third piece of furniture God charged Moses uh, with making, and it, it is the most ornate piece of furniture in the tabernacle. Now, the word for lampstand in the Hebrew, if you were reading this to the passage we just read, lampstand, 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 lampstand. The word for lampstand is a Hebrew word you're familiar with, menorah, menorah, okay? So when, whenever you see like the word menorah, this is, what, this, is, this, is, this is where this is from. The idea is here, you, we just read it, Exodus 25 the menorah, the golden lampstand. The golden lampstand was a hammered or beaten work made out of one piece of pure solid gold on each side of an upright shaft or main stem. So you had a main stem, and then on each side you had three branches, three branches out of this side, three branches out of that side. So really, when you get down to the end of it, it said you put seven... um, seven lamps on it, that's because you had the one main stem and then you had three branches that, that would extend upward on either side. And each branch had three almond-flowered-shaped cups uh, and these bowls that would, that would, have, uh, that would carry, carry oil and, and such and then they would be trimmed with the wick trimmers and all that. So you had the seven lamps of the menorah of the lampstand, the seven lamps that were placed upon the menorah. The seven lamps of the lampstand, what was the purpose of it? The purpose was for light. The purpose of the lampstand was for light in the tent. The lampstand, the 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 lamps were to be lit and they were to be they were always to be lit. They were to be lit continually. And so one of the jobs of the priests that 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 God consecrated and that God had Moses consecrate unto him, unto his service, one of their jobs, among many jobs, one of them was to keep those lights on the menorah, on the lampstand, burning, and it would be continual, continual. Mm-hmm. And it was serviced by the priests in the morning and at sunset. Every morning, they would come in, make sure everything's everything's going, you know, kind of like, you know, Kennedy's tomb, but, you know, not like that, but like for real, like keeping it lit, <laughs> you know, all throughout the night, come in in the morning, and then before at sunset, it was to be made sure that it was lit. Now, the amount of gold required for this piece of furniture and its accessories was a talent of gold, which most scholars believe to be about 75 pounds of gold, so this was a this was a it's a, a piece of work and seventy five pounds of gold. Wow, wouldn't you like to have that? Seventy five pounds. Do the math: sixteen ounces per pound. Two thousand. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> they did a calculation, by the way, of the materials of the tabernacle and the temple. Well, I don't have the the the, the number in my head of the. Uh, wilderness tabernacle but I did do the math one day of how much that the, the the temple would cost in today's money and it was a, it's literally about 9 billion dollars so that so God's temple in Jerusalem would would be about a 9 billion dollars so you know he's pretty he's pretty ornate you know God's a pretty ornate you know to talk about the crystal cathedral it's like you know no this was the temple of God you know cuz was a lot of gold. It was <laughs> a lot, a lot of gold. So um so the purpose of the lampstand, let's, let's get back to that. The purpose of the lampstand was to give light to the interior of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was like a tent. The tabernacle was a closed tent. And so once the priests would go into the tabernacle, they would come in through these, through these flaps of the tent. And once they were in there, there was no natural light in the interior of the tent of the tabernacle. And so you had it had to have its own light. It had to have its own lighting system. And this was the light of the tabernacle. This was it, the lampstand. The lampstand was the light source for the inside of the tabernacle. And so all the things that were commanded by God to be done inside the tabernacle could be done. And there were many things. There was keeping the bread on the the table, on the showbread, and we talked about that last week. And there was putting oil and keeping the lamps going on the menorah. And there was keeping incense burning on the golden altar, and we'll get to that at some point, the golden altar of incense. And so there was a lot of things. And then, of course, there was the the Day of Atonement when there would actually be a whole consecration and blood anointed or placed on the mercy seat, right? So there was all kinds of stuff that needed to be done, and this was the light source so that those things could be done. It was light from the lampstand, the menorah, that made this, this service unto the Lord possible. The golden lampstand points to Jesus, This was the light of the tabernacle for the inside for service to God. And John speaks of Jesus in John chapter 1 as being the true light. In John chapter 1, verse 9, we'll have it up on the screen. This is John's gospel. He said this This was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. And so he's speaking of Jesus, and what is he saying about him? He is the true light. He is the light. And then he goes on, and he's talking about this true light coming into the world. And so, so, so the light of God, Jesus, who is the light, is coming into the, the world. He's the true light. And he's got this little bit of commentary about this true light that's coming into the world. So the true light comes into the world, but the people liked darkness. They liked their darkness. They didn't want, they, they, they you know, it was kind of like a, you know cockroaches or something you know you turn the light on and the cockroaches scurry and go you know no we don't want to you know give us our darkness back and and that's literally you read the first few verses of the gospel of john and that's kind of you know it's kind of how it reads it's like here the light of the world the true light of uh, that that every person needs on the face of the earth and here he comes he's coming into the world and the commentary is men loved their darkness men loved their darkness and uh he says this, but men did not like the light because their deeds were evil so this is the the situation this is the situation that exists on planet Earth even right now because people need the light of God in their life they 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 have the physical light they have all those things that they physically need they're just not aware of this great spiritual need um, and literally they're 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 literally groping around in absolute darkness. And they're, I mean, if you read the Bible, if you look at what the Bible says about people who are without God, are literally groping in the darkness and are dead. Right. They're dead. It's like it's already the zombie apocalypse right now. We're living in it right now. Just walk outside, go to the mall, walk around. It's a zombie apocalypse. Darkness and dead people with bodies walking around. This is, the, this is the description of every person without Christ. This is how the Bible portrays it. So Jesus came in to the world. He brought the light of God. He is the true light and He brought that right into the world. And we, we rehearsed this a couple weeks ago when Jesus stood up on the last day of the feast of tabernacles in john chapter 8 and that's where he proclaimed uh, that he was the light of the world in john chapter 8 verse 12 he says i am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life so we we learn something about this light not only is the light coming into the world and Men loving their darkness and scurrying into the corners, into the caves, into the, 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 their hiding places, if you will. But this light that Jesus brings is the very light that everyone needs because in this light is the light of life. This is the life that we need in God, in Christ Jesus. And the only way to have it is to follow Christ. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we're to walk in Jesus. That's the the invitation. That's the command of the gospel. Come out of the darkness and into the light. Walk, be in the light as he is the light. As he is in the light, as he is the light. Walk in the light. And that's the, the admonition that we have, and that's the admonition that every single person has. Um, that, that as the gospel goes out, John picks up on this theme also in his letter. And so if you look at the, the gospel of John and you look at his letters, his epistles, and even the Revelation, we'll get into that a little bit later, but there's, you know, he he has his themes that he's touching on. The gospel of John written uh, to portray Jesus as the son of God, right? So to really highlight the deity of Jesus and so he's talking about these types of attributes that would have been connected to God right so he's he's the true light coming into the world and 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 he's all these other things and so when John writes his epistles his letters he gets into this theme in in the, in first John chapter one uh verse five where he says this and I'll have it on the screen for you this is the message which we have heard from him, and declare to you, that God is light. in him is no darkness at all. So God is light, and Jesus, we're told, is the true light that is coming into the world. And so right there you can make a connection to uh, the deity of Christ. Amen. So who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. And he is the second person of the Trinity. Amen? Amen. If we say we have fellowship with him but walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice truth. So you can people can say there's all kinds of people and, and, and see God knows because when when you accept Christ, you may not you may not be able to look spiritually into like if you were able to like look spiritually and just you know if there were some glasses. you put on, like x-ray vision, you know, like 3D glasses at the movie, but like spiritual seeing glasses. Whoa, oh, okay, wow. If we could do that for a minute, we could see the reality of what Christ has done in us. And when you look at that from what we said earlier, that those people without Christ are dead in their sins, is what Paul Paul said to the Ephesians, you were dead in in your trespasses and sins, but God has made you alive in Christ. When that happened, when you gave your life to Christ, there was something that actually happened. It was more than a feeling. It was more than just, oh, I've got goosebumps, or, you know, hallelujah, and that's all great because i 'm sure it touched your emotions i 'm sure there was tears involved i 'm sure as you as you were contemplating your sin and what Jesus did for you and the the trade where he says i 'll give you give me your ashes and i 'll give you beauty right. give, give, give me the give me that 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 mourning and i 'll give you the oil of joy so, the, so so you made that trade, but when that happened, something spiritual in the spiritual world actually happened you became alive in christ you were born again in the spirit so the reality is that that has actually either happened in your life or it hasn't happened and god knows if it's happened and you can know that it has happened as well because your spirit will bear witness with the holy spirit that that indeed has happened amen amen Because when that happens, not only are you made alive, but the the Spirit of God comes to reside inside of you. Amen? And so that's why the person who has been born again and has come into the kingdom and come into a relationship with Jesus cannot continue in a path of sin. It doesn't mean that you don't, there's not an instance of sin, but you can't continue in a path of sin. Why? Because The very Spirit of God has come to dwell in you. He has come and and taken up residence in your heart. So we've got to allow God's light to shine in our lives. We've got to allow God's light to continually shine on our lives. And when that's happening, it can be, when the the first time it happened, I'm sure it it can be uncomfortable. No one wants to be, you know, can be uncomfortable. Light, his light shines on our darkness. We've got our, we've got our little area where we think, well, we've got this over here, you know? We've got our little, you know, man cave. <laughs> or whatever it is, right? I don't know what ladies have. They have their shoe closet. <laughs> she shed? I've never heard that before in my life. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. I'll be Googling this after this <clears> over. <throat> Man cave and she shed. Man, I thought I was just going out on a limb here. The next thing I know, there's a whole thing. What's in the she shed? No, no don't answer. I'll, I'll find out later. Don't answer. I think I have an idea. <clears throat> but anyways, you've got your thing. You've got your little thing. But God's light in our lives shines on our darkness. There's nothing that is hidden from him, from his purview. He sees everything. And we've got to allow the light of Jesus to continually shine on our darkness. And, and um, you know, I've, I saw this thing, and I don't know if you saw it, because most of the stuff on Facebook is either completely ridiculous, <laughs> annoying, but there's actually there's actually some funny stuff that will literally have you uh, rolling. <laughs> and then every once in a while, every once in a while, there's something like, "Wow, hmm, that's pretty pretty good." And I saw one of those recently, and it was it was this person. I don't know who wrote this, but they had put it. They 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 kind of did this contrast between religion in a relationship with God. And it was, it said, religion, religion says, oh, I did something wrong. Uh, I better run and hide. And then a relationship, it says, oh, I messed up. I better call dad. And that spoke to me because if we're the people that are letting the light of God shine on our darkness, we've got to realize that we have a loving Heavenly Father. We have a merciful, we have a graceful Lord and Savior who wants His light to shine in our darkness and He wants to, to deal with whatever it is and He wants to forgive and He wants to mend and He wants to make us whole and He wants to deal with uh, whatever it is and we've got to allow Him to do that. Amen? So God is light, and Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world, the light of our lives, and He lights up our lives so that we can serve the Lord, so that we can do the things that God has called us to do. That's why He gives us life, and He gives us this life to live for Him, and it's His life, it's His light that lights the way. Just as if we were priests in the holy place placing the bread on the table making sure the wick trimmers on the menorah were all good making sure the incense was burning on the golden altar as we're serving the lord we're having our time with the lord that's represented with that bread that that dining with christ that we talked about we're having that and we'll get into it the 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 incense burning on the altar speaks of our the prayers of christ and the prayers of the saints before the throne and then we have the light of life in the menorah amen Amen. and we need that to conduct our lives in god to serve him amen Amen. so jesus is the shining light and jesus secondly tonight wants you to be a light he is the light but he wants you to be a light so the lampstand It speaks to who He is, but it speaks to also what He wants us to be in Him. How does the lampstand picture our walk with Christ? Jesus is the light in our lives. Amen? Jesus is the light in the lives of His people. Let me say that again. Jesus is the light in the lives of His people. The question is Is your light, the light of Jesus that has been placed, you've been given the light of life, you're following Christ, is that shining bright? Is that shining bright? Because people will know. I mean, you know. You know when you come into contact with a believer. You know when you're talking to somebody, they're like, man, this this person knows Jesus. You know? And you know that. And the question is, are you emanating that same light? amen? Because Jesus is the light in the lives of His people. First we see this in Israel. Israel is the light, was a, was to be a light to the world, amen? The main construction of the lampstand had a main stem and two groups of three branches, one group on each side. This pictured God's relationship with Israel. Throughout history, the nation of Israel had been represented by two emblems. The menorah, and you still, to, to, to this day, you see that, right? Only recently do you see a connection with Israel, with the Star of David. With There's some interesting stuff on that anyways, we won't get into that tonight. But the emblems of Israel were the menorah and a a vine a a branch with like grapes on it in fact you can google it not now but look up the (laughs) look up the logo for the ministry of tourism into uh israel and what it is is a picture of when the two when the spies came back and they were carrying the stem with the grapes and everything, and, and they came back at that point, I think it's Eschol, You know, that's where they made the crossing. And that's 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 the picture. So you had the menorah and you had the the stem, the vine really, with these branches with the with the fruit. Okay? So those were the two uh emblems of of Israel. And you know, Israel had problems living up to, you know, these pictures that God had 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 placed there for them to be these 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 really these these things that they were to be to the world and and uh, and so you had times when um, you had times when the the lamp went out right when in five eighty six when the Babylonians came in Nebuchadnezzar okay he destroyed the temple. The, the Solomon's Temple was destroyed. So, what did that mean? That meant that the lampstand went out. The lights went out in the holy place. There was no more holy place. In fact, we see those articles, these pieces, and it doesn't tell you which ones they were. But remember, when Belteshazzar has the has the has the uh, the banquet in Daniel five, I believe it is, and. And he's like, oh, you know, and and he's just getting, you know, probably just, just, just sauced, you know, and he doesn't even know that he's. This is his last night, and um, and uh, and so he's just like, oh, well, go get the go get the articles from the temple, you know, they had them in storage, you know, and uh, and so they're just just it's a it's a full on mockery of of everything until he sees the handwriting on the wall, (laughs) and uh, realizes that the the Persians are literally at the gate and they took it they took the city that night um so the so the temple went, the temple was destroyed in 586 and and, and the, the lampstand went out and then there was all these passages about you know Israel being restored and the temple being brought back and and all those things and there's a vision in Zechariah chapter four you can't talk about the lampstand without eventually finding your way to Zechariah. and when you do these studies and and just please forgive me because these studies are so you could spend like you know just a long time on each one of these places but this is kind of like a survey through it okay so you get to zachariah where Zechariah has a vision of the lampstand and basically, it's the lampstand. In the vision, you have the lampstand, the menorah, and in the in the vision, you had these two olive trees that uh, were producing uh, oil from the olive trees, and the oil was coming down through these pipes right into the bowls, right? And so... Zechariah is like, you know, thank God for like the Bible people that saw visions and stuff and just said, "What is it?" <laughs> you know, the disciples ask that every once in a while. They ask a good question, like, you know, "Hey, what was this?" You know, and Jesus explains. And and on this particular occasion, Zechariah's like, "What's going on?" And and it's explained that you had these olive trees that were literally supplying the oil right down into into the bowls. And it's the idea. Of the continual source of the oil so that the light would never go out. So this is the vision of what's going to happen that it's not going to be about a, uh, this place anymore even though the temple was rebuilt for a time and then um, eventually destroyed uh, once again. Uh, but there was, there's com- there was coming a time, the prophecy is about a coming a time when the oil is going to be supplied directly to the menorah and there's going to be a continue, continuous source and it's never going to go out, amen? And so this was, um, to, this was given to Israel. So you had this idea of the menorah and the lampstand and then you had this other picture of the, the, the stem, the, the branches, right, the vine with the branches, okay? Okay. So I know this is you got to you got to follow this, and it's 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 maybe not like third grade tonight. Just a little, you know, maybe like eighth grade or ninth grade tonight. Okay. <laughs> um, so so you had so you had you had the menorah, and then you had the vine and the branches, um, and and God speaks to this where Israel didn't live up to to that particular status in that sense, and there's a there's a place where God speaks. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 5. And if you want to, you can turn there, but I'm actually going to read some verses there tonight because I think this is pretty interesting. He says this in verse 1 of Isaiah 5. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard on a very fruity hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. And he built a tower in its midst, and also made a wine press in it. And so he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned and break, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down, and I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is in the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. So they were his vineyard that had been planted with the choicest vine. And in the end, Israel had only produced wild grapes. But there's this picture, just as in Zechariah's vision, of this future menorah and lampstand that, that will be just continually supplied automatically and never go out, there was also this idea of this 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 vine and branches that would that would ultimately come forth as well. So then you fast forward to Jesus. And in and in John chapter fifteen, he's with his disciples in the upper room and he says to them, he looks at them, he says, I am the true vine. I'm, 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 I'm the choice is fine. I am the true vine and you are the branches. So, so this was this extension of it to what was going to happen through the gospel being preached by the, dis- the disciples and the advance of the kingdom into the Gentile world. Amen? So this was Jesus signaling that His work Was was now going to be involved in building the church through the witness of the apostles. So you had this connection from Israel, and then branching out into the beginning of the church. And you know, Paul makes this whole argument uh, in Romans nine through eleven about the vine of Israel, and we're the branches that are grafted into the vine. Right, so. This is all what's happening. So, so I want to segue real quick, and we're going to bring it into the station here, okay? So you had Israel, who was the light of the world, and you know, the light, and the, and the, the, the vine, and the, and the branches, so to speak. And then, ultimately, of course, this all speaks back to Jesus, and he, he says, I am the vine. And so this all comes to fruition in the church. Jesus is the light in the church. He's the light in the church. In Revelation chapter 1, we see Jesus walking in the midst of the churches, and each church is represented by a lampstand. I'll read it for you in Revelation chapter 1, verse 12. Then I turned, this is John, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. So we don't have time to unpack all of that, but just to say we're just connecting this thread from all the way through, right? From Exodus to Revelation. Of course, the, the, you know, it's all, it's all there. But um, so you have the church represented by a lampstand. And in Revelation, you had seven churches that were specifically addressed, and uh, there is an interpretation of Revelation that the seven churches kind of picture historically the, the 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 seven ages of the church, and so with the number seven, you have the seven being the number of of perfection, but really completion, and so so the seven churches would be the the whole church, the complete church. So Jesus is in the midst of the lampstands and he's given a lampstand to each church and so jesus is literally seen here in revelation one he's literally the light in the church the lampstands are the churches and who is the light of the church jesus is and so we should be allowing jesus to shine in our lives in our church and we do that individually as the church as members of the church, but we also do that collectively as a local body and across all all geography, right? So the church is to be a light to the world, but we are to be individually a light to the world. And of course, and then the oil, and I didn't get into this in the Zechariah prophecy, but the oil in, in the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit. And so you have the oil lighting the menorah, and that's the Holy Spirit In the church. So Jesus says this, the menorah speaks of Jesus, of who He is, the light of the world, and who He wants us to be in Him. In His Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You'll see it on the screen, you're very familiar. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor they nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but where do they put it? On a lampstand, and it gives light to all who were in the house. And so this is what Jesus has called us to be. This is who he is, he's the light. He's the lampstand, he's the menorah, and he's given us a light individually and collectively, and he wants us to put that light on display. He wants that light not hidden under a bushel, but he or, or, or a basket, or whatever it is. He wants that light put up on the, the menorah, on the lampstand. And so the question for you and me is, are we shining the light of Jesus? Are we putting our light on? on the lampstand for Christ so that it would give light to all who were in the house. That is to say, all who are around you. When other people see you, yeah, I mean, we all have our rough edges. We all have, like, you know, we get cranky. You know? You know, the, you know, all that stuff. Don't talk to me, I haven't had my coffee yet and all that stuff, you know. <clears throat> right? And then we have our moments where we just shine like the stars in the heavens. I, I gotta I got share this because I had a moment, and I'm not bragging on myself. But I had a moment this afternoon where it was just, you know, the heavens open and choir sang the angels and I just made the right choice Mary Jo had fixed me a sandwich and I was kind of working on the computer and uh, she had bought this hummus that I really wasn't crazy about the other day and I had told her the other day why didn't you get the other hummus and uh, she had said that this hummus was on special or whatever, you know, so she got this hummus. I said, well, it's not the greatest. But today she, she got me, she made me these great, she makes these great little ham sandwiches on the King's Hawaiian rolls with a pickle stacker, you know, really good sandwich. And, and then she's got me these, you know, buffalo uh, pretzel little things, you know, the little pretzel chips that have the buffalo seasoning, yeah. So really tangy, good, you know. And then she's got this, this hummus that I don't like. <laughs> and so she brings it over. I'm sitting at the table. She brings it over, and she sets it here on the, beside me. And I've got, you know, and I look over at it, and I <laughs> kind of thought about it for a second, and then I kind of went, Okay. And she, I didn't know Mary Jo was watching me <laughs> while I was doing this. She saw me go through the whole thinking process of like, she said, You wanted to say something. You wanted to say something, but you decided not to decided not to I said yeah I, I, I made a good choice didn't I I made a good choice I made a good choice by just letting that one slide and whatever so we you know we got to have more of those moments and less of the other grouchy ones and 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 just to be to take it home serious ha- having that be the characterization of our life you know when, when we're out there representing and we're, right. we're out there talking to people and, mm-hmm. and we're, you know, there's always that decision. There's always that decision. Are we letting our light shine or are we like, you know, off duty? Mm-hmm. So to speak, you know? And, um, you know, that, I, I do have to admit that felt, that felt really good. <laughs> You know, it felt so good. You know, and I just kind of enjoyed that, like, because I didn't know she saw it. So since she did see it and kind of pointed it out, I said, I did good, didn't I? <clears throat> I did good. Because you know what I wanted to say. But I didn't say it. But I didn't say it. Huh? Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Yep. So... Somewhere along the lines, I hope I'm, I'm praying that that I, you know, got some brownie points stored up. But, you know, Jesus says, you know, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Right. Let your light so shine. So. I, and I will close with this. It is interesting that the Bible opens. So we were started in Exodus. We made it all the way through to Isaiah, Zechariah, and the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, Revelation. Now we go back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void the Spirit, of the, wa- the, Lord, the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Let there be light. Amen. And that's really, that's how the book opens. That's how the Bible opens with God wanting the light yes. to come yes. to the earth. Yes. And then bringing his light into the world and into his people. And it's up to us to let that light so shine before men that others will see and glorify their their Heavenly Father.